podcast you're about to hear is wrapping up conference championship weekend in all its glory. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this one. It's the Grind Hours Podcast and it's coming in your ear. Telling you all of the news that you need to hear. Baseball talking, football talk, and NBA as well. Joe has got the highlights and it's just like show and tell. Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast for Monday. That's right, we're doing it on a Monday today. January 29th, 2024. I have Nick Parodies in the great city of Nashville. I'm still on Long Island. And Nick, let's just jump right into this here. Let's do it. Championship weekend or championship Sunday in the NFL delivered. It absolutely delivered. And... I just want to take time today to talk about the championship games. We have plenty of time to preview the Super Bowl, and we will do that in its totality next week. I want to give the championship games the respect they deserve because, again, they delivered. And we'll start with the nightcap, the NFC game. I mean, it had everything. Mm -hmm. It had absolutely everything. It had... The underdog roaring out, no pun intended, to a 17-point halftime lead. It had the favorite coming back in San Francisco to tie the game. It had controversy with analytics and fourth down plays. It had missed field goals, interceptions, wild catches. It it had everything you want in, in a game. It had legends. Jerry Rice was there, Joe Montana, Barry Sanders, Eminem was flipping off the crowd in the second quarter. (laughs) San Francisco, and it really seemed like that, even though, you know, the Mahomes-Lamar situation, but this, to me, was the sleeping giant of the game all week. And I was really excited for this because it was America's team, pretty much. Everybody but me, it seemed like, was rooting for it and San Francisco 49er fans were rooting for the Lions. I was pulling for San Francisco, partially because I had money on San Francisco, and partially I just thought they were the better team. Yes, the better story, obviously, and we discussed this last week, was Detroit, but I guess we'll start here. What was your biggest takeaway from the NFC title game? Well, I was wrong. (laughs) That was my big takeaway. Um, I did not see the game live. I watched it after the fact. I was at a Tyler Childers show. Okay. Working. Um, That was, oh my God, what a a performer. What a performer. Winona Judd was there. Ben Folds was there. It was a a big charity event for like um, Appalachian charity events. So awesome, awesome show to be working. But here I am. Fresh off the red eye, having <laughs> caught the game. My big takeaway, th- this is the thing. 
Lions did everything they could. They played the game plan as we laid out last week to a T, what they needed to do. They gashed them with the run. Three Lions running backs had a rushing touchdown. <laughs> they they did everything they could. They got the big lead. I get and my biggest takeaway leading into that I can't figure out Brock Purdy. Oh, dude, is he good or not? I I I didn't want to start here, but I guess we'll start here. I wanted to end talking about Purdy, but I guess we'll start here cuz you you brought it up. Mhm. I don't want to call it an existential crisis, but the entirety of the game yesterday, I was just texting the group chat. Yep. And I was really trying to figure out how good Brock Purdy is. And John was making fun of me. You had some suggestions. I immediately thought he was Eli in terms of okay in the regular season. We'll show signs of him not being all that great. Yep. But in the playoffs, he flips a switch, and he gets the job done, and he gets his team to a Super Bowl. And that's exactly what Purdy did this year. And who knows what would have happened if he was healthy for the NFC title game last year in Philly. Mm-hmm. But he just he gets his team to the ultimate goal in both chances he's had. On the other hand, he has drives, he has quarters, he has moments where he looks like an undrafted Rookie. Yeah. He looks like the last pick of the draft. And then he'll have moments where, I mean, he's just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Hitting throws that the top-tier quarterbacks make. He confuses the hell out of me. I and... constantly fluctuated watching the watching the <laughs> film. So I, con- I. I constantly fluctuated between how did he do that and why did he do that? So I'm just going to I'm going to lay out cuz your suggestion to me, I think this was in middle of the second quarter yesterday was Mark Sanchez. Yeah. And my response to you was well we'll see next year because the book was out on Sanchez after 2 years. Year 3 for Sanchez, everybody got the rap on him and he was not the same player that he was in his rookie and his sophomore seasons. So yep. we'll see if the NFC has the book on Purdy in year three. But for now, I'm going to lay out. Because he could be, I'm not going to say Tom Brady 2.0, but someone of that ilk. Extremely so, overlooked in the draft process and a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the perfect scenario for him. I think this is having a lot to do with it. There is no better place for him than San Francisco. Oh, you could. Yeah, but. But that said, like you said, he made some throws last night that bad quarterbacks can't make. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to say what I think of this guy. And as for the rest of the four, I mean, Christian McCaffrey had his spotlight game, two touchdowns, oh, 130-something yards, I believe, on the ground. And he was killing it. They were, able to, they were able to get the ball through the air pretty effectively, especially in the second half. The, they really made the, the necessary adjustments in the second half that they needed to make. They attacked the corners, which has been Detroit's weak spot all year. And the Lions just didn't make enough adjustments 
And that's kind of what the game came down to. Kyle Shanahan has a, a big chance now to get the monkey off his back and win in the big game. So I was I was impressed, like you said, it had everything. It had the controversy with the fourth down and all that. You wonder what would have happened if Dan Campbell had gone for the touchdown at the end of the half. You wonder what might have been. But it was a great game. I'm glad that I was able to see it in replay form. And <laughs> I'm very I'm very impressed with I'm very impressed with the 49ers. I will not doubt them again. They showed me a lot. So two quick things before we get to talking about Dan Campbell's coaching strategy cuz I think that needs to be highlighted and, and as great as the Niners were in the second half, that's the story. Is mm -hmm. Dan Campbell. But two things that you said. One, it kind of reminded me of the second half of last week's AFC Divisional Round between De uh, Baltimore and Houston. Yes. H Houston came punching out of the gate, and everybody was like, oh, whoa, whoa, these guys are for real. They took Baltimore to task, and then they fell flat on their face in the second half. Mm hmm. It wasn't the same, but it had that similar feel to it where San Francisco just looked at him and went, what are we doing? Why are we playing around with these guys? We're, we're clearly better. And that's what Baltimore did last week. They looked themselves in the mirror and said, we're clearly better than this team. Let's go out and show it. And I think that's what happened. And with Shanahan, the big thing with him was, oh, he can't come back in a game. He's always a front runner. He doesn't know how to coach from behind. Well. He just did it twice in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And his team showed up. And I don't know what was said at halftime in both of those games. But he did what he had to do as a, as a play caller and as a head coach. And his team responded. So I think for all of the stuff about him not being able to win a Super Bowl, it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. There are a lot of good coaches that don't have a Super Bowl rank. Yes. Now, if he wants to be considered as great as everybody says he is, because everyone's pretty much running his offense in the league, there are a million copycats, and it seems like half of the league's coaching tree is falling under Shanahan. So I get that part of it. But I think for Shanahan, the only question left, the only thing left to prove, because he's answered all of it as a coach, specifically in this playoff run, is, hey, do you have a team good enough to win a Super Bowl? And that'll be remain to be seen. But let's get into, because we're delaying the lead, I think, the main story here, and it's Dan Campbell. Yes. I said this after the two-point debacle in Dallas a couple mm -hmm. of weeks ago, about a month ago at this point. He needs to grow up. He needs to learn when to take the calculated risks and when to use, I'm not going to say analytics, I'll just say information, and go for the gut punch. I like him not going for the touchdown at the end of the first half. That was the right move. Go up yes. 17. Because if you don't get it on that play, you give all of the momentum back. All of it back in one foul swoop. And now they ended up doing that anyway 
with the Gibbs fumble, which we will talk about. Yeah. But you at least sustain momentum in the playoff game going into the locker room. The play that I can't stand, and I wanted to throw the remote into the TV with Greg Olson yesterday, was the decision to go for it on fourth down instead of tying the game at 27. Yeah, that was rough. What are you doing? I don't care what the... I I don't. Because guess what the numbers don't say? The numbers don't calculate in, oh, hey, you have a raucous crowd on the road in a playoff game, and your team is hanging on by a thread. You don't go for it on fourth down there. This is not a game in week six in Santa Clara. This is the NFC Championship game. Right. You play to prolong the game. You tie the game. You flip momentum back on your side, and you go to Brock Purdy and say, hey, kid, prove it to me. Prove that you can do this. Go down and get the game-winning drive. Don't give them the opportunity to kill you. Because that's what they did, essentially. Yes. They took the ball, went down, scored, and went up 10, and they were done. They killed themselves, essentially. They did. Mike Vaccaro has a piece out in the New York Post this morning. He said his headline, I'm sure he didn't write the headline, but whoever wrote the headline... Dan Campbell self-sabotaged the Lions. He did. Because that's a risk. And Greg Olson, I I, I can't, I I can't, I hate this so much. I I hate this. Because he went back when there was about a minute left and Detroit was just letting clock while away, not calling Mm -hmm. their timeouts, saying that they had to solely, you had to rely on, you you were down two scores. You had to get an onside kick anyway. What are we talking about here? Yeah, the timeout management in the second half was not good at all. But he went, when it was, I think, a minute and ten left. He goes, well, the decision to go for it on fourth instead of kicking the field goal was the right decision. No, it wasn't. No, no it wasn't. Why? Why? And I feel like uh, this in baseball. We are at the same point in football that we are in, in baseball. I'm not denying analytics. I'm not saying go away with your calculators and your computers and your algorithms and go back to whatever dungeon you came from. I'm not saying that. There's context. There's got to be context and there's got to be a balancing act. It's not, you can't be run strictly by the numbers. And this is what happens when you are. Because again, the computers can't play the game. The computers can't factor in the environment that you're in. And the human beings that are playing the biggest game of their life, heading to the Super Bowl, kick the field goal, tie the game. You can't, even if you go down and score a touchdown there, there was like seven minutes left in the game. And you know what San Francisco is going to do then? They're going to bleed the clock dry. And they've been moving the ball on you all half with relative ease. Yes. You had no momentum. You were drawing dead and you killed, you just, you gave up. That's what happens. It's too much of a calculated risk. And we will talk about another one with the Baltimore-Kansas City game in a second here. But that's the point of analytics. And I really like Greg Olson as a analyst for Fox. I do. I think he's 
one that of the was best. a misstep. I think, but he had he, he what he does, and I don't know if this is trying for him to get back into the game as a coach somewhere. He blindly follows analytics, and there are situations. He had a situation like this last week in the San Francisco Packer game where he said something nonsensical about analytics. Mm-hmm. Saying, missing a fourth down try when you had a chance to tie the game was the right decision is just asinine and doesn't make any sense. It does not make logical sense. And that's what analysts are trying to prove. Logic. There's no way you could, like, salvage it. No. You know? Like, it's... As the great Andrew Gunling once said, take the L. And this is where analytics need to take the L. And that's the reason why the Detroit Lions took the L. So Dan Campbell, learn from this. I'm fine with you going for it on random fourth downs to try to seal momentum. Because that's what he's trying to do. But you have to realize in certain situations, the traditional non-analytical way, in, in air quotes, is the right decision. And you can use your analytics later in that situation when you or if you get the ball back. Yes. I can't, I cannot stand. Uh, seriously, Greg Olson, back to back weeks has made my blood boil. Boil. Because it's just dumb, stupid, nonsensical garbage. It's junk. Stop trying to spew nonsense when I saw what happened. Uh, I can go the entire podcast on this. <laughs> Let's talk about the biggest play of the game in my, in my estimation. The Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs fumble. fumble. Yeah. Yes. Because, I mean, the doink catch, as I think it should be known as, the Ayuk catch that set them up at the five, mm-hmm. they're down seven at that point. And then the it, it was the very next play. They, they did not Detroit didn't run a play and you fumble. And that's a situation where That was the really, rip your, that was the rip their heart out moment. That's the play if you're a Lions fan, you just shut the TV off because you know what the end result's going to be. Trust mm-hmm. me, as a Jet fan, i I know what I'm talking about. It's... And any Brown fan will know what they're that I'm talking about as well. And every Lion fan on the planet knows what I'm talking about. That's the point where it's like the temple of doom where the boulder just rolls down the hill and it's just going to crush you. Yep. You're going to, you're, that's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. That's the play. And I don't know if it was a miscommunication in the huddle. I don't know if it's just jitters with the lions not being there before. And I mean, it was, a, it was a mistake. Yeah. Gibbs lined up on the wrong side, didn't really have any control of it, and the 49ers made a play on the ball. But that's the play that you're going to look back on and go, that's where the game really sh- shifted. And that's essentially where San Francisco won the game, even though they were down seven. And they got the ball on like the 18-yard line. So yeah. for me, that's the, that's the story for Detroit. That fumble and the asinine fourth down instead of tying the game with a field goal call. And a, yeah. The, I mean they, that's a playoff game. It comes down to it comes down to two plays. That's that's the way the ball bounces in the playoffs. Go ahead, Nick. 
I, what more can you say? I mean, I think you said it perfectly. It was any momentum they had left was gone at that point. And 49ers marched right down the field after that. So it's what can you do if you're a Lions fan? What can you do? And I want to say this, too, because the analytical crowd doesn't believe in momentum. Mm -hmm. Guess who does believe in momentum? Every player and coach on the field yes, that uses your analytics, Can they confirm. believe in momentum. Dan Campbell, probably the most ana- the, the poster child for analytics now in the NFL. He says he uses analytics and goes for it on fourth downs to s- try to hang on to momentum, give his team a chance to stay in the ball game. Right. So obviously, there's Mo- momentum's a real thing. Everybody's bought in down there. Momentum is a real thing. All right. I want to take a real quick break. We will come back and we will talk about Chiefs Ravens right after this. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. All right, Nick, after I've cooled off about Greg Olson nonsense, thank goodness he's not calling the Super Bowl this year. Thank goodness. Who is? Is this an NF, uh, NBC year? This is a CBS year. NBC's okay. had enough playoff games. I don't know what they did to get like eight playoff games this year. Doesn't make any sense. Gotcha. I'm not just saying that as an ESPN employee. I And I like Tariko and Collinsworth, but they had like every game in the divisional round and it didn't make a lick of sense. I was just hoping for more of a Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Here's a guy. Speaking of Mahomes. Yeah. Can he do no wrong? Like, what can he do more to prove to people? Seriously. Yeah. He went on the road. And I said this yesterday at the tail ends of Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs' show. On 98.7. I said, the Ravens-Chiefs matchup, to me, reminded me a lot of the Super Bowl last year. Where Philly's defense, oh my god, look, at this is one of the best defenses we've ever seen. Top scoring defense. How are they going to How are they gonna figure out this pass rush with a bang-up offensive line? Mahomes on a bum ankle. Mahomes doesn't have a bum ankle this year, but... That was the narrative. Doubting Patrick Mahomes. Who does he throw the ball to? He doesn't have Tyree Kill in this situation anymore. How is Mahomes going to do this? And it was amplified th- this week, I think. Even more so than the Super Bowl last year. 
Even though, again, Mahomes was hurt. He was playing on one leg. Yep. This week, all I heard, oh, well, number one scoring defense, all these linebackers, this pass rush, you can't run the ball on them. Mahomes is done. There, he has no chance. Nope. This is Lamar's time. Screw Taylor Swift and the, and the whole Kelsey Swift thing. By the way, there's a non-zero chance that Taylor Swift is going to get a Super Bowl rig this year. We have time to talk about that. <laughs> what I'm saying here is all week, I, it seemed like I was the only person. Don't bet against the Chiefs. Don't bet against Mahomes. You're going to be sorry. They're going to figure it out because it's the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And one thing that a lot of people forgot this year or this week, I should say, is all year, the reason why we were saying don't sleep on the Chiefs was not because of Mahomes and the offense and how prolific it was. It was this defense. It was, you can't really score on this defense. It it's gives very, Mahomes a chance. It's a very sneaky, underrated defensive bunch. And they went out and showed it. You know, they forced the uh, Zay Flowers fumble touchback. Which is a Biggest rule we discussed last week. Yeah. Biggest play of the game. They intercepted Lamar. They had Lamar on his back. They did everything they needed to do. They're a really good team. They're a really good team defense. And Spags, every year, seems like he is one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in the league. Super Bowl champ, baby. Mul and multiple time, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I think he has three rings. Believe so. Giants he, legend, Steve yeah. Spagnolo. They would take him back in a second. In a second. Oh, and God, as, would we. As would pretty much every team. In the, there might be three or four teams that would be like, no, we're good. And you look at the numbers. You look at the guys. It's To add to your point about it being a great defense, you look at the numbers. <laughs> And I don't think it's a great defense. I think from a daily, like a day, it's uh, a great a, team defense. A game perspective, a yeah. one. They're a good one day a week defense. Yeah, this that's, is to, that's what I'm saying. You look at the numbers. Drew Tranquil eight tackles. Justin no Reed names. has a sack. Wharton has a sack. I mean, who are these people? You know, two guys on that defense. Three, if you're a, a football fan. You know, Chris yeah. Jones, and you know Legereus Sneed. And if you're a football fan, Karloftis is like one of the most underrated linebackers in the league. Yes. But other than that... It's no names. It's people yeah. you've never heard of. It's guys that you would think were drafted in the fifth round probably because they were. Leo Chanal had four yeah. tackles. I mean... These guys and just they they just get it done, and this is a testament to to Andy Reid as a coach. He knows yes. how to he knows how to fire when it gets grim. Be the grim reaper. He's one of the best coaches I've ever seen. He's a great motivator, and he knows how to build these teams into being something that's bigger than the sum of their parts. And I think, despite all the hand wringing about the Chiefs' offense this year, you saw that on offense. Obviously, Travis Kelsey was the big story. And obviously, it goes through Patrick Mahomes. But Isaiah Pacheco's had a good season. And this is not some legendary Barry Sanders running back. He's just a guy. 
but they make uh, it work stop. with him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's not Barry Sanders, but Pacheco is <laughs> a guy it, who you want to talk about overlooked. Seventh round pick, and I'm sorry. I'm not taking it. Like, he's probably the eighth best running back in the league. He that's, kind of, runs, that's kind of my point, though. He runs like he's angry at the ground. Like, the ground stole his lunch money or something. Yep. Nobody runs harder than that guy. No one has more will running the football than that guy. Rashi also, Rice. There weren't any right. big catches, but he made a ton of ca- – he had eight catches yesterday. They're all like these little, like, get the first down. MVS yeah. has the two biggest catches of the season because he caught the ball on the drive that closed the game out. Yep. Those are the two biggest – and this is a guy who Kansas City fans – wanted to run out of town and almost did because of how many drops in key situations he had this year. Kansas City would have been hosting the uh, the AFC Championship game yesterday if he didn't have like six drops in key situations. Yep. I knew Kansas City was going to win the moment Kadarius Tony was ruled out for the game. Well, he's expecting a child, so congratulations, Kadarius. Congratulations, but also... He probably yeah. would have messed something up. Oh, no, it helped. It definitely. And McCole Hardman, thank goodness he didn't get the ball in a situation. Oh. That was dire. Because oh he would have coughed it up. How about Richie James showing up? Giants legend Richie James. This, I mean, again, just a vet that knows and does his job. And that's what I think this team, especially with Mahomes behind center. They just know what to do because they've been there before. Mm-hmm. They're, they're def- Hello, they're the defending champions. I feel like everybody's forgotten this all year. Yeah, because that's not the story. The yeah. story is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and Sw- how Swift is ruining football. That's an there. Well, yeah. You know which, what? I'll save which, that. By the way, give me a break. I, I, will, I will save that. Let's switch really quickly to the Ravens mm-hmm. because... The drive of the Flowers fumble. That's the drive of the season for Baltimore. They're down seven, or they're down 10 at that point. They go for it on fourth and one from their 18. It was third and one from their 18. They decide to pass the ball. Actually, I believe it was fourth and three because Lamar, I think, got a two-yard sack. Yeah. There was nine minutes to go in the game. You're down 10. I know don't give the ball back to Mahomes. Run the ball on third and one. You're the best running team statistically in the league. Yep. You have. Why? You could have three running backs in the game at the, in the backfield at the same time. You could have Justice Hill to one side, the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards to the other side. And you have Lamar. You have three running backs, essentially, in the backfield. Run the ball. Uh, that, to me, I like Harbaugh as a coach. John Harbaugh. As I, li- I like both Harbaugh's, but we're talking about John here. Yes. I like him both as a coach. He's another one that will take calculated risks with information and go for it on fourth down. 
But the third down play call, Todd Munkin, all year, it was, oh my God, look at how good Lamar is in this system. Heck, Lamar's going to win the MVP because of Todd Munkin and his, his system this year. Oh, for sure. But that is a situation and a game plan from Todd Munkin and a guy who's been in big games. Heck, he won multiple national championships at Georgia. Multiple. He's been in big games before. He dropped the ball. He did not call a good game. Lamar, I thought, felt the pressure, and we can transition into this. Actually, I'll hold off on that one one second. Okay. But Zay Flowers, what are you doing, man? Yeah. And that's that's a luxurious Sneed, because Sneed was probably chirping in his ear all game. Zay Flowers caught a touchdown and probably didn't want to hear anything. It's like, I'm the better player. Why is this guy talking to me? And But you can't – you just made probably the play that could potentially save the game for, ball, for, for the Ravens. Just put the ball down. Hand it to the official. Yep. Don't push Legereus Sneed. That was a LeBron James, Draymond Green situation. Sneed baited him into it, and Flowers – Took the bait. Took the bait. And then Karma, a couple of plays later, Sneed forces the fumble on him. Yep. That that whole drive, the third and one, fourth and one, Zay Flowers and the uh, uh, per- penalty, and then the Flowers fumble. That's the season for the Ravens. And whether that's fair or not, that's the drive that ultimately did them in and ultimately gave all the momentum to the Chiefs. And Mahomes, if you're going to, Give him any opportunity he's going to take. Yeah. Now I want to talk about Lamar. Because Where do we look at him now? That's the, the, that's the exact question I was going to ask you. And I'm going, to, I'm going to compare him to a guy that Mahomes just beat last week, Josh Allen. They're in the same boat. And He's entering like that Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan tier. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But he's definitely entering the portion of his career. And next year, I think the Ravens got to get back to this position and potentially even to the Super Bowl. Because... Have to. And I said this to Larry Hardesty right before I left. In, in, the, in the break before his show yesterday. I said, if Lamar doesn't win this game, all of the storylines from the Napoleon stuff to is he a leader or not to can he get it done can you win with a guy like Lamar all that nonsense and junk and garbage that was put to bed this year for the large for actually no it was put to bed it was buried it's all gonna come back that's rising up like zombies right now because Lamar Hasn't won a big game. He hasn't won the game. He wasn't the best player on the field like Mahomes was yesterday. And he needed to be the best player on the field for the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. He's got a lot of questions to answer. He's got to answer them all over again, even though he's going to win his second MVP of his career. And if you win two MVPs as a quarterback, you're in the Hall of Fame. Just get the bust ready for Lamar because it's it, and just put it there yep. and just put a curtain over it 
because that's he's going to the the Hall of Fame. But he now has to do it all over again and prove himself all over again. Whether that, and I don't personally think that's fair. But we're burying Lamar again, just like we've buried Josh Allen. And again, it's probably a worse situation for Lamar than it is for Allen because Lamar has two MVPs. And there was a debate on on Ty and Brandon's show yesterday. Who's the second best quarterback behind Lamar or behind Mahomes? Both of them said it was Lamar. I like I would Burrow. Agree. I like Burrow, even though Burrow has trouble staying on the field early in his career. I like Burrow. I like Hertz over Lamar. I like Lamar probably in that four spot. But again, he's got to answer the question of can you get it done? He's Peyton Manning. That's who he is. Peyton couldn't win the big game. That's true. And then he early in his career did. And he broke through, and he got two rings, and he validated all that regular season success because Peyton, for a large part of his career, oh, he's just a regular season quarterback. He's an indoor quarterback, can't go outside in the weather, win the big game. We'll fall short against Brady in the playoffs anyhow. He finally did it. He finally slayed the dragon. Lamar's got to do that now because that's who Lamar is. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying from a talent perspective or all-time greatness perspective, but it's the same script for Lamar now as it was for Peyton in the 0405 range, right yes. before he won a ring. And I think Lamar is almost there. I get it. Turnovers, trying to push the issue, trying to make a play, doing a little bit too much. And if they won the game, that self-pass to him would have been everywhere. Yeah. That would have been implemented in the Madden somehow if he made the Super Bowl, which would have <laughs> been disgusting. But that's what it would have happened. And he would have been the star, and rightfully so. But he's got to win that big game. He's got to get over the hump. I think he can at some point in his career. I think he can but, also. But he's got he's to do it. He's just, yeah. show me. You got to do it. Go out and prove it. Exactly. And I'll bet against him until he actually does it. Fair or not, you got to answer the question. Yeah. All right, we'll come back with overreactions and put a nice big bow on Conference Championship Sunday. Let's right do after it. This. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you with an opportunity to get started or even get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to maximize your profits, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com grind, you'll be able to get connected to all the sportsbooks in your area, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register using my link, you will automatically receive all the top offers at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you always have the best access to all the available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of all these benefits and support the podcast, sign up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com slash grind. Again, that's signupexpert.com slash grind.
Finishing up the pod here. Overreactions for the conference championship games. Nick, you can go first. You have two. I have two. What you got? I have only one football one, so I'll, oh. I'll start with I'll start with my okay. first overreaction. Usher featuring Taylor Swift will be at least at least one song on the set list. Well, she's got a show in Tokyo that night. Does she pull a Madonna and say, sorry, I can't make it, we'll reschedule? Yes. To go to Vegas and support her boyfriend? Yes. Or fiancé, as some people like to say? <clears throat> Romo? <clears throat> sorry. There will, there will be a proposal. There oh. will be Super Bowl rings. Oh, so if you say, you say if the Chiefs win this game, in the confetti... He's getting Travis down on is, one knee. Oh, and not to not to get the 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 Lombardi again. Nah. Wow. This is uh this is big stuff. This is listen. I I am not going to be one of those NFL fans who speaks ill of Taylor Swift. Neither n- neither no. will I. I will I will poke fun at it because it's yeah. fun to poke fun at. But I actually, but it's not bad for the game. And it's that, not. It's not. And that said. This is a this is a very media savvy person in Taylor Swift. And this is the opportunity to be the biggest story in the world. You you can't pass it up. Sorry, Tokyo. I, yeah, yeah, I think I think Tokyo is gonna get a uh an IOU from Taylor Swift. You know what would be funny and kind of roles reversed and People would hate it, but it would mm-hmm. blow up completely. What's that? And probably break the internet. If Taylor Swift proposed to Travis Kelsey. Oh God, that would be even better. What if that happened? Like she just takes she goes, No, no, no. I I'm the more famous person in this relationship. I'm taking the power back. Even though she has to get moved in pop cart or popcorn machines to go to the suite. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, and all those blowhards that think that Taylor Swift is, is ruining, ruining the fo- game somehow. It's ruining football. I don't want to see the cutaways. Then don't How watch. Many- no, 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 no. How many cutaways to famous people have we gotten at every game? If there's I'm a celebrity sh- at the game, if there's a girlfriend at the game... I'm the sure other, you didn't mind when Eminem was flipping off the crowd. I'm sure you didn't mind when the CBS cameras cut to Jake Bromley's girlfriend in the crowd. Or yep. if you're watching a college game, AJ McCarron back in the day, his girlfriend in the Yeah, or Brent or, Musburger thirsting over uh, Catherine Webb. That was a good one. Or, you know, Jessica Alba in the crowd, or Carrie Underwood. Or fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. She's just another. Ce- I know she's the biggest celebrity in the world, and she's dating Travis Kelsey. But it would. It's just like, oh, hey, what is that person doing there? And I get it. It's a little bit nauseating. Where every time he touches the ball, he cut away to Taylor Swift. I understand yeah. that. That, but she's not ruining the game. She's not. If anything, she's elevating the game. She's bringing other fans that will be fans of the Chiefs and fans of football because of this. 
The NFL, no kidding, is loving this because they're growing the game. And one thing that I will love in Vegas is when Kelsey ultimately makes a big play. I I want to see Jason Kelsey shirtless, double-fisting beers with like a money gun attached to his chest, just spewing money all over the section beneath him. That's what I want to see. I want to see Tra- I want to see drunk Travis Kelsey again, and I want to see the. You know what, CBS? Get a camera on on Jason's wife, who's hor- in horror as he's drunkenly making a fool out of himself because he's awesome and just a guy. Yeah, that's just a dude being a dude at the highest level. That's what I want to see. I also want to see Taylor. I don't mind seeing Taylor Swift. Once or twice a game. No. I don't want to I don't want to cut away every damn play. But when something major happens and she gets a reaction, sure, I don't care. And it's gonna ruining be a... the NFL. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just because your girlfriend's now interested in the game doesn't mean it's ruining football. Right. Just because this was your thing and now it's something that you have to share with your Stop. Because that's Stop. what it is, ultimately. Yes. God damn it, the wife wants to watch now. Right. It says man cave on the door. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Imagine have the, the horror of having to spend time with your <laughs> wife. I mean, <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Alright. I My first real reaction, and this is me just puffing my chest out and beating my chest because I was right. And uh-huh. I alluded to this a little bit earlier. Don't bet against Mahomes. Don't do it. <laughs> even in the Super Bowl, even if you like the the Niners, don't. Oh, trust bet me, ag- I'm not. Don't do it because he's reached Brady level of confidence. He's not as good as Brady. Ultimately, Brady's still the the best of all time. But Mahomes has Mahomes reached is that on point. His tail. Mahomes is a Terminator. Don't bet against him. If you're thinking about it, go get yourself checked. Yeah. Because something's wrong with you. Just, he, he and everybody's gambling manifestos and their weird rules when it comes to putting money on football. Right at the top of the list right now, you should just put in red ink. Do not. Bet against Patrick Mahomes with 18 exclamation points. Just don't do it. And if you do, close your eyes and just wait for that bet to not hit and get red. Yeah. Instead of green. You're just giving money away to the casino. That's what you're doing. You're lighting. Go if you think about bet against Mahomes, go in your backyard. Take Light the money much on money. fire. Yes. Put it on the ground. Take a lighter and just light it on fire. Put it on the grill and grill some nice juicy burgers with it, because at least you'll get something out of it that way. Or a hot dog, sausages, if you want to put it in a fire pit and make s'mores, whatever. Yeah. Because that's a better wit part that's just better time spent than watching three hours of Mahomes just rip your heart out. Yes. What's your second overreaction? 
second overreaction. And I will not dwell on this too long because I want to get more into it in Super Bowl preview next week. But Okay. Isaiah Pacheco, Super Bowl MVP. Oh. Dan Gross will be happy about that. Jersey yeah. stand up. Rutgers Jersey stand, stand up. up. I'm just I'm looking at the fact that the Lions had three different running backs get a rushing touchdown. And I'm thinking to myself, the Chiefs got, you know, kind of a dog back there. It's a bad 49er run defense. Mahomes will be will be able to take advantage of those those outside routes, but you're gonna need somebody up the middle. Isaiah Pacheco, it's it's an underrated offensive line also for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco is in a perfect position to have a really big day. I like that. I do. And he had a really good Super Bowl last year against the Eagles. He's a big game guy. My second one, and we'll close it on this because we started this year bloviating about the Lions. I think this is the Lions division for the next decade. And I yeah, do they'll think... They'll be back. I do think they will be back. I do think Dan Campbell now has a stranglehold and will bite whatever contender that he has in the NFC North, his, their kneecaps off, and hit him over the head with a two-by-four. This team, this city, I know that this is just another heartbreak and another chance shoved into the wood chipper and it's 66 years now 67 years of agony this team is actually legit now i think the script of same old lions sol in detroit yep that's gonna have a different meaning in the 2020s into the 2030s dan campbell I think now will be as as much as I killed him in the first segment of this show. He's a good coach. Yeah, he's a great motivator. He's one of the best we have at at, at the press conference in front of a microphone. That team believes in him. That city believes in him. When they get over the sorrow of this loss, they will look back fondly. On this season, because they had they did something twice that they haven't done in fifty years, yeah, sixty years. You have to be a hundred to remember <laughs> what happened in the fifties. A hundred. This or team, a, or a U.S. congressman. <laughs> this team to me reminds me of Kansas City in fourteen fifty. Where is that City, implying that they just need to get the right quarterback? No, that's okay. not uh, because golf is a gamer. Golf is a gamer. I he kind of has that Alex Smith mojo. If you're getting yes, what I'm putting down, he does. I I I think they are fine under center. What they need to do desperately is get a secondary because yeah. they don't have one. And they need about they need one more weapon. I think they need one more receiver. I mm-hmm. like Jamison Williams. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. You need that like Amendola, where it's just a possession receiver 
the breaking case of emergency on third down where you know you're, you're going to throw it to him and he's going to catch the ball in, in a big spot. Well, you know what? It's a really deep receiver class this year. It is, and there are going to be some some guys in the open market that could definitely fit that mold. But I like what they have up front, defensively, offensively. I think it's the best line in football. I like their quarterback. I like their running back room. They're probably a receiver away. And again, all their picks, all their like good high picks, spend it on secondary help. Because C.J. Gardner-Johnson, also, bad look, waving to the crowd goodbye at halftime when they're up 17. Yeah. You got another was... half to play, C.J. But you have I... more evidence that they need a, a bit of a change in the secondary. <laughs> I, I, I just I like the trajectory of this Lions team. This, this is not a one-and-done team, and we're never going to hear from the Lions again. I think tides are changing in Detroit. and. It's a dormant football city that is in desperate need of awakening. And this, I think, no pun intended, but roared them awake this year. Yeah, definitely. All right, brother, I think that's a good place to end. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Um, I'm playing at the Blue House tonight, uh, since it is Bud Day that we're recording this. So if you're around town Very in Nashville, true. come see the show, the bad ideas live from the blue house. Um, catch us on Instagram at the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore at Nick parodies at all social medias. Shout out Tyler Childers. Great performance last night. And I wanted to close with a interesting stat that I found for you. Ooh, stat of the day, stat of the day. We're bringing it back. Believe it or not. No, and and this will continue this year, I believe, because I don't think there's anybody on either team that could break this streak. Okay. No, believe it or not, no Alabama player has ever scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Ooh. They've passed for some, Joe Namath, Jalen Hurts, etc. But no Alabama player, no running back, no receiver. Nobody's kicked an extra point. No defensive <laughs> touchdowns. No Alabama player has ever scored a point in the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? I can't. And I think this year it could happen, but it would have to be a defensive situation. That's insane. Yeah. For as, me- for as much talent as that team, as that program has had over the years, especially with Saban. Mm-hmm. That's insane, and some of the guys that you know, some of the playmakers that have made the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah. Mark Ingram. That's that's insane. All right, brother. I will talk to you throughout the week. You be good. All right. You too. See you. On this side of the coin, at the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. Jolio67 on threads, and of course, this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast, anybody who you've seen fit. If you're new to the show, please download the show. It means more of the show than you know. If you're on Apple, please give us a review. If you're on Spotify, please comment. I like reading them. Please comment on the show and what you like, what you don't like. In terms of the blog, I have a piece probably out tomorrow about the conference championship games 
looking at the winners specifically and what that tells us for the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. In terms of the pod, I did want to talk a little bit about Julius Randle, but we'll save that for Friday and how that injury affects the Knicks and, geez, on the Nets, just awful. They're just so bad. But that'll be for Friday. And until then, from the sweet words of Semisonic, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.